Sister Hack. Let's talk. Life is too short, so let's go ahead and hack apart all of the details and put them back together in ways that make sense to us. How do you make a friend after college? I'm still trying to figure that out. What was your weirdest childhood rule? Our mom literally hid cookies from our friends. Does that count? Or how do you feel about people coming to meetings and not contributing a thing? It's like, why are you even here? Long distance relationships? With sisters? There's a hack for that. Sisters, Hannah, and Rachel have conversations about the unspoken dynamics that drive our everyday lives. On Sister Hack, now introducing Hannah and Rachel. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sister Hack. We are in February, and February, as you know, is the month of love. love. So, wow, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't even plan that. Our entire episode today is going to be about relationships, not just romantic relationships, but all the ships. So get ready for awesome, awesome conversation. We have a special guest calling in. Before we get to that, though, I know you all are very interested in one of our hosts, Rachel. That's me. A newlywed. That's me. And maybe hearing some hack yes, hack knows from her first month of marriage. She's actually in month what number, you know? Um, five. She's, we just passed, so on our way to six months. They're on their year. way to half a year, but we actually have some very special footage from some hack yes and hack knows from her first month of marriage. So let's take a listen to those. That's and Oh, sorry, did I blow it? No, that's you. Yeah, way to introduce yourself. Um, that is Rachel. She's been married now for, what, two months? Two months. Two and a half. Two. She's and been married for two, two and a half months. And so, you know, in that newlywed category for sure. Feels um, like five ever. Feels like five ever with her. That's something she recently made up. I'm still not quite sure what it means, but... It seems very cool and hip, so we will we will use it. Um, Rachel is going to do our hack yeah, hack no section. Oh, yeah. And as anybody who has recently um, moved in with someone, whether it be a roommate or a spouse, we know that there's a lot of hack yeahs and hack no's that goes that go with living together. And so I'm actually really excited to hear her responses to some of these that I've made up. She does not know what the prompts are going to be in advance. So she's got to be spontaneous, but still look good, which is difficult. (laughs) And try not to get in a fight with Kyle. Hopefully that's my everyday motto. Spontaneous Spontaneous yet look cool. (laughs) All right. So sister, Yes. Hack yeah or hack no doing each other's laundry. Hack yes because we do each other's laundry. <laughs> but um we definitely had to make up a system from the start and I was going to do like darks and whites we have two laundry baskets but really quickly learned that instead we're going to keep it separate and then I will wash it all together and Kyle does some laundry too but um I just enjoy doing laundry so well not like I enjoy having the laundry done um a couple of hack no's are 
for instance, he had this major outdoor in the rain training camp thing that they did with the basketball team. And he came home and threw his wet, like rolled around in a ditch clothes in with my like semi-dirty, not really. I'm only washing this because I've worn it three times and haven't washed it yet, like work sweaters. (laughs) And that's then when I decided we will keep our laundry separate until it goes into the washing machine and then it goes together. So heck yes, but there are definitely like hack no's sprinkled in. There's a strategy. Hack yes with some structure. Hack yes with some structure. Okay. On that note, hack yes or hack no, specified chores in general. Like, does he definitely do this chore and you definitely do that? Or is it just, uh, take it as it is? Um, hack no, but I'm lying. <laughs> I want that to be... I don't know what I want that to be. I don't know if I want it to be a hack yes or a hack no, but um, we have what you call tiny home living. Literally, that's what you call it, (laughs) Hannah. Um, We live in a probably, I don't know if it's like, probably 500 square foot studio apartment. And Kyle alone is like, his body is like 10 percent of that square footage and so there isn't really a ton to do um in our studio as far as like chores but there is a lot of upkeep and so for the most part like it's not assigned but it's understood like just keep your own stuff kind of like tidy um but then I would say that I am for sure the cooker and the deep cleaner and he's the dishes washer and for the most part, the garbage taker outer. Hack developing, I'd say. Hack still in progress. <laughs> okay. Hack, you've only had two of these so far. Hack yes or hack, hack yeah or hack no. Celebrating month by month anniversaries. <laughs> oh, great. So I was with you on our two month anniversary. And I was with you and my best friend, Anna, and I said, oh, I need to post a picture or give a shout out to two months. And you guys were both like, FYI, you don't have to celebrate every month. I say hack no, because it's not going to happen. But so far, I have hack yes celebrated each month, but there's only been two. Um, So, yes, I think it's fun to think about, like, the milestone of how long ago our wedding was and just think back on it fondly. Um, But I'm sure those months will start to kind of run together a little more. But they haven't yet for me. So, heck, yes for now. That's great. You know, I think anytime you have a reason to celebrate, even if it's a small reason, (laughs) it's a good reason. He had, on our one-month anniversary, he... um, got flowers and a card that I came home to, which was really sweet. Wow, After Kyle. Yeah, but then month two, weren't even together. <laughs> All right, I'm interested in this one. Um, hack yeah or hack no, compromising on decorating the tiny, tiny home. Hack no. <laughs> That's all me. I, um, he doesn't really have like a preference about that kind of stuff. So there's some things that he, he doesn't think I use enough color. (laughs) And 
I could agree with that, but beige, grayish, gold is kind of my mojo, but I'm moving toward like a more colorful palette as far as decor, but ultimately I have the final say. That's great. Um, those are those. Those are all the hack yeah's and hack no's Actually, I have. To... I said to him last night when we were talking about like working in our passions, and I was like, I think I know my passion, but I haven't been able to practice it yet, and that is home decor, <laughs> because I've never owned a home. But your tiny home slash apartment um, is very cutely decorated, and I feel like you've lived there long enough that it is, you know, it's very much yours. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. But at the same time, you can't really do any, like, demolition or that kind of thing. Right. I haven't even really painted. I haven't painted because I don't want to have to paint it back, so. There's that relationship. Speaking Love of it. speaking of home uh, demolition, <laughs> that's a big hint for a big big surprise coming big up later. later on. A so. big reveal later in the, the podcast. I know you guys are all on the edge of your seats whether you're listening in the car, whether you're listening in your office, home demolition. Keep that in the back of your mind. Demo day, if you will. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Let's see how things have changed with a little bit of a follow-up for some hack yeahs and hack no's oh, yeah. that I designed specifically for five and a half months of marriage. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Five and a hack. Five and a hack. These have been tested in all five and a hack marriage. No, I'm just kidding. But um, Chachi, tell me hack yes or hack no. Okay. Five months in. I know this is something you're going through, so it's specific to you. Setting your priorities for house hunting prior to the experience. Oh. Like, to set the priorities is a hack yes. Yeah. Is, do you do that before you go out there into the into the residences or I think so I think especially if you're living in a city where you don't have a ton of options as a buyer because it's such a hot market which is the case for us in Ann Arbor Michigan I think there are probably some areas where people don't have to be as on their game and can afford to peruse a little bit and um, go and find out what they like by looking but for us it's more a matter of finding out what we like before looking so that when we're ready to make an offer we do it right away the we were told if you sleep on it you're not gonna sleep in it so that was reassuring that's great that brings me to my next and just so people know we're not that close to buying a house don't get your hopes up people but they live in a studio and they want out. <laughs> we live in a tiny home. My and but when we do buy a house, you will all know because I'm about to go ham on the decor. Oh, all right. Well, good to know. As you talk, you kind of gave a reference to your realtor's quote. So my next hack is hack yes or hack no. Do you have your downtime together? Hack yes, we do. But I usually get we have our downtime together. Um, and are able to do that and be very relaxed, but I do probably need like a couple hours a week to watch reality television alone. Alone. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So then, you know, your downtime, maybe there's a little bit of an argument. Do you settle that argument before bed? Heck yes or heck no. Heck usually. Yeah. I would say so. Sometimes it's just like, "Mm, 
you sometimes we're you better, really argue, we're better people in the morning. Yeah. You know I think I mean? sometimes you're in a better frame of mind if it's like a bigger deal thing, but I don't think if it's like a big argument, I can't remember the last time I argued. Is that unhealthy? You're only five months in, so I'll do a year checkup. Okay, perfect. Then we'll see. Yeah, but I do think one of my friends who's been married for about two or three years said it's okay to go to bed angry because sometimes you just are, it's been a long day and you need to sleep it off. And then you can talk, be more reasonable about it the next yes. day. Yep. And that's why I threw that one in there. I didn't know if you guys had had a fight yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't throw that in there for the first month one. All right. So my last one for you, and this kind of goes with the house hunting one. Hack yes or hack no. In your first year of marriage or your first five months, do you do big picture planning? Like kids, house, where are we going to be in five years? Or is it more just like, let's just enjoy it? Hack both, I think. I think you have to be on the same page as far as timeline. And then I think it's really important to take time to enjoy that first stage. And for some people, they are eager to have kids right away. And I think that that's great too. And that's what works for them. But for us, we're just enjoying being married and kind of the simplicity that comes with um, not owning a home, not having kids, not having things tying us down in certain areas just so that we can enjoy not having that. Yeah. And I appreciate that because you're here right now helping me. Here I am. My complications, <laughs> AKA my kids. No, I'm just kidding. It gives us a chance to, yeah, help you. <laughs> the truth but no, to be invested in other things that, yeah. um, we won't be able to do probably well, later in life. Thank you for that follow-up. Um, we're now going to jump to our special guest interview. Okay, we are here with um, one of my favorite all-time people, uh, a college professor of mine, Dr. Abigail Feaster-Rue. You want to say hello? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> We have her. She's on her way to, um, well, you tell, tell us where you are. I am presently in my car. I am driving to pick up my four-year-old because our babysitter is not here today, but I'm in Austin, Texas, just left work and headed home. One of the things that's great about Abigail, who's also my coworker now, um, which is really an honor for me to say, is that she balances a lot in her life. She juggles a lot of balls. So <laughs> she's got to go pick up her mom. She and I were just sitting on a panel, and now she's on the podcast. Um, and we want all of our listeners to get to know a little bit more about this awesome person. So Rachel's going to warm you up with some questions. Yes. So... Well, first to start, um, I want to share one piece of advice that this lady shared with us, or it was in a book that we read in one of my classes in college, and I'll never forget it. Um, it was a Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I really needed tips because I was from Wisconsin, and um, most others were from Texas, and it was just kind of like, why are you here type of a vibe that I got a lot, or just like... So, you know, do y'all have McDonald's in Wisconsin? You know, kind of that thing. So we read this book in interpersonal, or was it interpersonal or was it persuasive communication? It was interpersonal relations. Okay. Yep. And, 
and the advice was strive to be interested instead of interesting and that changed my life because (laughs) I always strive to be interesting and never interested and so thank you for changing my life first of all (laughs) wow you're breathing because of me this is great oh Oh, sorry, I got a little confused. <laughs> a little confused. Okay, I'm going to ask you um, a couple questions so that we can get to know you here. One, how many how many countries have you lived in? Oh, well, um, so I'm in America, and then Mexico, Australia are really the only countries I've lived in, so three. How many have you traveled to? I probably don't know the number off the top of my head, but before having small little children in my life, I did a lot of traveling as a younger person, as a family, and then as a single person, and then married to Blake. But it's in the 60s, I'd say, somewhere in the 60s. I've got a wall display in my office of all the pictures. Um, Yeah, probably in the low 60s. If I were to to have to guess, I'm going to say 62. A well-traveled, well-traveled super mom. What was your PhD dissertation topic? So I did my PhD at the University of Texas, and I was in the interpersonal communication track, which nicely allowed me to also get a a bit of a a dual degree in psychology, as in they wanted you to take a lot of hours in psychology, and so it kind of felt like a double major. And therefore, my dissertation was a very psych-based understood concept, but it had just never been explored in the communication realm. I had been working in the business school, which is dominantly male, so it's, it's an interesting education experience because it's about 80 plus percent male and only the minority females and I was seeing how this was sort of messing with the ladies heads. They were not feeling their best selves in finance, in accounting, in marketing when they were so overwhelmed um, with, with males. So the concept is called stereotype threat. It's a, it's a well-understood psychology concept. Claude Steele out of Stanford is the one who kind of coined the phrase. And I applied it to males and females in evaluative situations, i.e. getting a job interview or feeling that someone is evaluating you on a first date or any time when you think a stranger is evaluating you and how the gender of the person being evaluated and also the evaluator, how that actually has a very strong implication on the outcome. Whoa. That sounds super interesting and also, like, all dissertation topics, a little bit hard to read. (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't recommend it for a fun Thursday night cuddle near your um, fireplace and drink hot cocoa. (laughs) I read one of Hannah's dissertation chapters, and I spent 45 minutes on like the first two pages I was like what am I I could it was like it was in a different language so wow kudos to you one more question to get to know you (laughs) what is something you would say most people don't know about you what is something most people don't know about me that I'm really kind of gross and have terrible hygiene what (laughs) what yes that is very surprising I think that because I'm perhaps 
a female that there's an assumption that I shower regularly, and I don't feel that's at all necessary, and that I have no problem wearing the same shirt three or four days in a row, and I'm just kind of like a dirty, gross dude when it comes to areas of, I mean, of course, I brush my teeth and all that, but I don't feel the need to necessarily keep the freshest stuff around, and I think some people think that goes counter to my gender and maybe counter to my personality, but no, I'm, I'm a kind of gross you're a gross. Which is you're crazy. A gross you always look so put together here on campus. So I mean, you can really. I think I need to emulate your hygiene. Maybe habits. you shouldn't shower as it's much. It's probably because it's probably because I ironed the shirt once and then I wore it like five times because I don't want to re-iron it. So yeah, Does I'll it put have... a lot of forth effort in it and then I'll just keep wearing it and wearing it and wearing it until it really has to be washed. Does it have anything to do with um, being mom of three boys? Mm. Oh, I would say it was a gift that I was given three boys. No, no, this has been this has been a long established pattern of mine. Just sort of not being terribly focused on the uttermost clean. And eh, then I get three boys, and now I can justify it. <laughs> well, this is awesome that you brought that up because it translates well into um, one of our first conversation topics, and that's that recently um, at a faculty meeting you gave a little presentation on having a healthy marriage. And today we're talking about all kinds of relationships. So if you could kind of share some of those takeaways that you had from this healthy marriage conference that you went to. I can't remember all the details, but it was so interesting. Um, And, you know, whether or not hygiene plays into that healthy marriage, apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, don't need good hygiene for a good marriage. Well, I the presentation I gave was really specifically just talking about Dr. John Gottman's work, who I'm a big fan of, and he I got to attend his workshop. So I was telling the faculty about that presentation. In my course on relationships, I talk about more than just his work. But just for the sake of recalling what you asked me to, Gottman, it really has changed the field of particularly marital counseling. Uh, he himself experienced a divorce in grad school, and he feels that when he went to counseling before they divorced, it was shockingly useless. It just was more about disclose and share and feel more and talk. And he said, no, 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 that's not, we need, we obviously need to change the way we're talking. So he's brought in a kind of a hard science view to what was generally kind of a soft science field. He wanted to understand your physiological responses. So when I say I'm fine and yet my heart rate is pounding or my cortisol level is through the roof, clearly I'm not fine. So you can't just rely on what people say to understand what's going on with their body and what's going on with their body might be more of an indication of the health of the relationship. So he's used all sorts of science tools, um, looking at blood pressure, looking at heart rate, looking at cortisol levels, looking at adrenaline, and then also just some trained skills on looking at nonverbal um, glances, responses, retorts, et cetera. And he's put together some pretty compelling information about what predicts divorce. In fact, he's so good at it, he can predict divorce um, correctly over 94% of the time. Wow. So a lot of his relationships advice is based on what not to do because he sees it happen all the time and a lot of it comes down to um, understanding the role of conflict in a relationship and how conflict is really good if handled well so many of us handle it poorly and that's where the problems start so he's he has um, a big stat which i'll this will be the last thing i say that he's measured conflict and he says you know some people have this this simplified notion that if we just could reduce the conflict, we would have a happy marriage. And he says, did you know that 69% of all argument topics never go away? 
whatever you're arguing about from when you were dating to when you are newlywed to when you are holding hands on the front porch waiting for your grandchildren to come home, 69% of those topics remain with you your entire marriage. So it's unrealistic to think that conflict is going to go away. In fact, not only does it not go away, it actually stays almost in the same identical form. So because conflict is such a strong part of relationships, he wants us to understand how if we change the way we handle it, we change our communication style, it can actually be a building effect instead of a tearing down. Wow. That is so interesting. So... Again, I feel like I'm, I feel, picture this, I feel like I'm back in 2010, fall, fall 2010, <laughs> sitting in class, um, usually row two center, but because row one felt a little too, like, you know, I wasn't always all the way, like, turned on yet by the time, by the time I was in your class, but how do you, probably how do you, being reprimanded for talking, <laughs> probably, okay, don't tell, don't tell everybody that no yeah I did a lot of talking a lot of bubble letters but that's just how I like think as you're going and also too you were very I felt like I worked so hard on your papers and on your assignments and you were a tough grader a lot of a minuses when I felt like I you know maybe could have gotten an a but that's okay an um, a minus you're such a tough grader <laughs> so how I'm not saying you, you should celebrate your a minus I know like at the C pluses, right? I know that's true. How do you apply? How how do you apply all of this research and all of these books you've read and folks you follow, um, everything that you know about dating and relationships? How do you make it relevant for the college students that you're interacting with on a daily basis, especially as you witness their friendships and romantic relationships? Well, what's fun about the topic of relationships is I've never really had anyone ever say, I don't care. I just, this is not something that's important to me. Particularly for your typical age college students, it's very important. Often it's the most important thing in their life is not only leaving their family and changing that dynamic and maybe their high school friends, but then establishing new friends, maybe establishing new romantic partners. And it becomes paramount in their time and, and totally consumes them. And so the nice thing is they come at me very interested to want to know about the topic. I don't have to convince them of the relevance. It's right there. So I make all of my assignments um, really personal. I think I'm not trying to talk to them about some theoretical marriage or some theoretical roommate or some theoretical family. I want them to think about theirs exactly. So a lot of assignments are reflection as opposed to research. A lot of, even when I do research assignments, I call it me-search, <laughs> because they need a search on something that is fascinating and relevant to them. Um, don't just pull research out of a random Google search. Pull it out of something that you've experienced. So I think by catering it to their needs and their areas of um, curiosity, it makes them really gobble it up and want to do the readings. And then I pick pretty cool books that are not textbooks that are just written by really bright people who write well and are good at saying what we need to hear. And they're interactive. They have studies. They have activities. They have things you can um, learn about yourself, kind of little self-help tips. And it's fun. It makes it fun. So since you are probably giving a lot of personal examples as your students do me search, do you ever bring up the fact that you dated Chip Gaines? <laughs> Drop that bomb. You know, if I need, if I'm feeling like my credibility is wavering, then I can drop my celebrity bomb and be like, oh yes, and I can show the photos. I think I've only had to do that in one class. I was feeling like they weren't getting my jive, and then I showed a 
picture where I'm dressed in some bizarre 70s outfit at a sorority event, and Chip Gaines is my date, and he's in some equally ridiculous 70s outfit, and all of a sudden, I get the respect I need. That's all it takes. You really had to fix her up or your reputation in that class? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That is. I almost couldn't get it off the lip before laughing at my own joke. So, Abigail... You know, tying this kind of all back together in the life circle, we talked a little bit about marriage, maybe your marriage, not in particular, a little bit about college dating. What about as your kids start, um, not start anytime soon, don't worry, but when they approach dating, from all of your experience and your knowledge, are you going to have any set rules in place? And we want to know what those rules are going to be for when your kids start to date. So to date, I have three little boys that are seven, six, and four. Yeah, they're not and, close. Don't worry. Um, yeah, they're not close. They 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 like girls, but they I'm not even sure. They definitely would know if it's a boy or a girl. But they it's not. They, they we haven't even gotten to the cooties phase yet. So there's going to be the everybody plays together. Then there's going to be the oh my gosh, I don't speak to them phase. We're not even there yet. And then there'll be the oh wait, you're the best thing ever. Now I like you. I don't think I have any hard set rules. I'm sure I will come up with some. In fact, I'll come up with a million, and I'll probably throw it in their brain all the time. But I think my big hope for them is that they at least realize the importance of relationships. And uh, and, 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 and and when I mean that, I mean like the face-to-face kind, the friendships, the male friendships, the female friendships, the mentor. Because I, my concern of the younger generation is the replacement of face-to-face relationships with social media. And there's just, I mean, there's no question the research is it just exquisitely clear that it is so damaging that we're reducing our face-to-face friendships, our face-to-face yeah. um, neighborhood hangouts, our face-to-face teammates. So I just want my boys to realize when they get to dating phase, go date. Absolutely. Get to know. You'll probably bomb a lot. You'll probably say really awkward, terrible things like telling an entire podcast that you're stinky, gross, and don't wash your clothes. We <laughs> have a really wide... should not do that. Listening, and I don't care. I want them to go make mistakes as long as they're doing it in the face-to-face as opposed to hiding in their room and playing video games. That That's the problem of relationships these days. I, I love that advice. I think that's really great advice. As we um, let you go, we have a segment in our podcast called There's a Hack for That, and it's where you kind of give your real brief advice on what we feel might be common questions. Um, you offer up a hack, if you will. A hack. Like a life hack. A life but... hack, yeah. A sister hack. A sister hack. That's the name of the podcast. I don't know if we've told you that. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on this hacking. I feel like I need a hack. You're going to hack apart the details. So how do you prioritize date nights? You have three kids. How do you do it? So you're wanting like a quick short answer, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the answer is I book the sitter and tell the husband. That's it. Love that. How often would you, how often do you do it? We used, when we had little babies, it was, you know, say every other week. I mean, we we, we never had like, I know there's some people that have the rule, like every Thursday. That never worked for us. But now that our kids are older and are fun, we don't do that as much. So now I'd say we're like monthly. Love it. What, what? advice would you give to someone who doesn't like a friend or a family member's significant other? That's real, and you need to figure out why you don't like them. 
Is it something they've done to you that you can work out just with that other person? Or is it something they're doing to your friend or family member and you don't like the way they're treating them? Two different scenarios, and I would handle it very differently depending on the answer. Can you give us a hack for how you address annoying tendencies of your significant other? Your husband. Yeah. Pretend like you love them. (laughs) It's all about picking your battles and annoying habits. Guess what? He probably, I know this is shocking, but he might actually think I have annoying habits. Never. Never. I know. As 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 my best friend, maid of honor, said in my rehearsal dinner speech to me, she said, Abigail Feaster has spent a lifetime with her with her spectacles on that are magnifying, looking for every error and every fault and every issue, because it took me 12 years to get married to Blake. But Abigail Feaster, you throw away that magnifying glass and you put on your rose-colored glasses and continue. And that's what I've tried to to do. You just pretend like you love it, because guess what? You're flawed, too. Yeah. Well, we're going to just finish up here. We came up with a couple of – I know that you – aren't super huge into social media and it's probably because you value real life relationships which is great um but we we do this thing at the end where we come up with hashtags that come to mind for um our guests and the life situations and the life situations we talked about so hannah why don't you give her her first hashtag okay and i'm we're just gonna see if these land or not with you you don't have to give a big reaction but the first one is hashtag professoring my love (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's a slight delay on the phone, so we were a little nervous for a second. Um, I, you know how we always called ourselves commies in our communication major, which had nothing to do with com- communists. It was just um, to be cute. So I, I thought of uh, hashtag commie mommy. <laughs> That sort of makes me feel like I'm nursing somebody. That's <laughs> I know, a little, it's weird. a little bit weird. Yeah, that one's weird. Over the line. Okay, this one uh, has to do with the aforementioned relationship. Hashtag, his loss is our gains. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I lost gains, and so it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> I lost gains. <laughs> That's good. Right. Well, thank you so much for... You gained... I got one. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell us. Oh, yeah, gains... Okay, hashtag, you gain some, you lose some. Oh, nice. get it, girl. Hashtag relationship. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for, being on our, thanks for being on our show, Sister Hack. Yes, we're gonna, thank you. We're going to end the recording and then say goodbye to you for real. So this is our, this is our recording goodbye. Yeah, recording goodbye. Say it's goodbye to the audience. It's been my delighted joy to be a part of this show, and I'm going to go take a shower right now. <laughs> Thanks so much.